Back to Quirelian Blast. This is the our first hiatus episode, and we're gonna focus on Alex Mains, or rather, we're going to focus on Alex Mains again after season two because he was the focus of, of our very first episode. So let's get right into it. Plot and character thoughts. I think this is for me personally the area i guess where i have more more thoughts and criticism or like negative thoughts um i just feel like he didn't have much of a storyline at all in season two i mean we kind of do get into it later on in the season like halfway through with um kind of getting more into the flashbacks and the 1947 storyline um But I feel like for definitely the first half of the season, he was very much a plot device for Michael, which we've talked about in our recaps several times. I mean, I think, and I think the intent was there, right? You know, especially with like the introduction of uh, another brother and then Flint coming back and then more scenes with Mm -hmm. Jesse. But again, the problem is, is that it's not, these things don't exist for Alex as a character. It was like, things that moved right. along other storylines. So I, when you take a step back, presumably the storyline is, okay, Alex learns to sort of let Michael go and move on with someone else or and or become more comfortable with his sexuality. Like, that's sort of meant to be. But all of that was handled in, like, two episodes. So we have, like, what, like, ten more episodes that he's in that... You know, they left, they kept him completely isolated from his friends other than, you know, episode six. I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of, um, of substance there. Um, like, having one character, like, I, of course, they're my ship and I love them, but having one exist to prop up the other one is just boring. It's not what I want to watch. Well, and I think in season one, we complained a lot about Maria not really having a point she didn't really have her own storyline she didn't she was just kind of there to support other characters and she kind of got that in season two and i feel like alex got the maria treatment in season two where he what for the most part he wasn't really his own character he was just kind of there to serve whatever was needed just like maria was in season one mm-hmm. i agree which i kind of wrote down in my notes because it was like it was like he was the love interest for most of the season without being the love interest like he wasn't mm-hmm. michael love, michael's love interest this season but you would never know the that writing for him yeah <laughs> right you wouldn't have known that i mean if maria hadn't been there alex would have been considered you know the the guest star love interest that comes in every once in a while to you know mm-hmm. prop up michael's storyline just like forrest was for him yeah he doesn't feel like a main character right well, and I think we're back. It's just I come back to this pretty often where in season one, I remember all, all of us after season one sort of complaining, like, let them talk. And now after season two, I'm like, I don't want to hear them talk anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
there's got to be like a balance because now we've heard the same conversation nine times in one season between Michael and Alex and it doesn't do either one of them any good, but especially not Alex, because even though they got repetitive, Michael was allowed to do other things. But Alex was just sort of stuck in this, you know, having these like deep emotional conversations with Michael and then one of them storming off and then Alex trying again and coming to see Michael in a different location and, and then them having this weird, awkward conversation and then one of them storms off. I mean, it's just constant thing. And it just, it, it did Alex the most disservice out of the two of them. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit about four legs later on, but I wonder, because we know that, they changed their mind about Forrest being evil or whatever through the season. And so surely we have some deleted scenes going on. And I wonder if maybe that affected how much storyline Alex really had this season. Cause if they had to cut out a huge chunk, I'm assuming that it had to do with Alex. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we lost something there. Well, and I think, I think they don't really know what to do with Alex, right? Like, they, uh, even from the beginning, who is it? Um, Kyle, Maria, and Alex weren't going to be in the same amount of episodes. And they, and I think that they, they have Alex as obviously a main character, but they're still not treating him like a main character. And then, but yet he's in even one more episode than the mm-hmm. other ones that have the same contract. So it's all just very, it's like they don't really... Mm-hmm. quite know how to write him. And I think it's because my assumption is that they didn't know that how popular he would be. That's my assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, that they didn't realize that people were going to um, really identify with Alex. And so they didn't really know how to write him is my, is my guess. You know, the writers, I guess, not really knowing how to handle or write a storyline for Alex. And another thing I think was... Be- again, for me personally, I think was big was that I had a lot of disappointed hopes when it comes to Alex this season um, from, you know, what was what were interviews before um, this season aired and I guess, you know, coming from season one, you know, what I wanted to see and what we didn't see um, or how certain themes and plots were handled. Um, we all know how I feel about the triangle, so um, how that was handled. Um, from Alex's perspective, especially, um, but I guess my biggest um, disappointment was that, you know, we were told that he wasn't, he was going to be angrier this season or like have a chip on his shoulder or whatever um, and not be a pushover. Um, and, I, and I personally don't feel like that we saw a lot of that especially when it comes to his father and having his father under his thumb, I think it, was, it wasn't much more, you know, I don't think the role reversal was as big as they were, you know, making out to be from, from season one. Well, I don't think they allowed him. I mean, I, I do think that he got to say some things that he wanted to say, mm-hmm. but they yet again, like I think it would have been much more clever had they had Alex, had it play out that Alex knew his dad was faking mm-hmm. Or becoming aware of who Jesse really is, but they had him yet again think the best of him, which is not a bad character flaw on Alex's part. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it would have been an interesting character development if he was like, oh, hell no. I learned my lesson now and sort of had a clue who he was. And I just, I think that they missed the mark on that. Besides, he's, he's different these days. 
You have to be kidding me. <laughs> I don't trust him, Garen. I just... <sighs> I'm asking you to trust me. When we were kids, you believed people were good. Despite humanity doing everything to prove you otherwise. And God, I loved you for it. But what was charming when we were 17, it's just, it's just stupid now. How do you not see that? <clears throat> you believe there's some good in your father. Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. God forbid I have faith in people who don't give me a good reason to. That's not fair. No? No. Why is your hand covered? <laughs> you miss your injury because you want to hurt. Your anger made you feel safe. I will always hate my father for what he did to you. But I, I don't want to live in that tool shed for the rest of my life. I don't want to walk around thinking that people don't change. That one day everyone's just gonna let me down. Because I'm not building a damn rocket ship in a hidden lair. There's one way for me off of this planet. And I need to believe in a reason to stay. Right. Like the one time he, the two times he yelled once was kind of at Michael about, you know, didn't want to live in the tool shed mm -hmm. for his entire life. And then the other with Jesse saying, I am still your son. That's like the only time he really like showed a whole lot of emotion. You can have a character that believes in the general goodness of people and decency and still acknowledge that some people are beyond redemption. Like, you could have had him have this character trait where he genuinely believes in people and still have him know that Jesse's a piece of shit. Could have had both. So, moving on to what I wrote down in the notes, I was more posi positive thoughts. Disability. I think... I think they hit the mark with his disability this season. Um, I think it was well handled. I mean, it wasn't too overt. So I do think that they did manage to pick up some slack from last season. That We all know that it was kind of one of the biggest issues when it comes to Alex, that they kind of just let it go halfway through the season. And he lost his, cr his, his crutch and kind of lost his disability in the way. But I think that it was more consistent this season. Um, I think they managed to kind of have moments where it was very explicit, like, you know, in the in 201 where he had, you know, his leg off, he was listening to music and stuff. So you had these moments throughout the season where he either talked about it or you saw it, you know, specifically the focus on his leg. Did anyone hurt you? Nothing I can't handle. Helena's been weirdly motherly. She's, she's bringing me clothes and meals. Your I, leg. Yeah, they took the prosthetic. I tried to bludgeon my brother with... <laughs> and then I think Tyler did amazing, amazing body acting um, this season with a lot of subtle moments where you, you kind of see it, kind of obviously if you're focusing on it a little bit, but if when he's walking, when he's sitting, you know, he goes to sit down and stuff. Um, so I think it did amazing work this season. Super glad that towards the end when he was being held by um, Helena and um, Flint that they had him without his leg because I think that that was important to recognize that that does make him more, more vulnerable. Obviously that didn't stop him <laughs> and love that they had him like using it as a weapon and, and showing exactly how just 
amazing he is and how much of a badass he is. But I do like that they showed that that is something that can be used against him in a vulnerable way. Um, that it is a part of him and that another aspect of what someone could do if they wanted to hurt him is to make, you know, is to, is to make him vulnerable. Um, the only thing I don't, that I think was forgotten, the only time I think his disability was forgotten this season is in episode in 206 when they had him walk from the airstream to presumably the pony or wherever his, you know what I mean? Like, um, or wherever his car was or whatever. And, and the way that it made Oh yeah, it seem... he didn't have a car. No, they, yeah, car. they made him walk. And presumably it's not super close. Um, obviously he can walk. I mean, you know, it's not going to stop him, but I think it's at that moment where I think they just didn't really think about the implications of like having a disabled man walk probably miles to get back to his car after this threesome. So that's the only time where I'm like, did you really not think about that? Does Roswell have Uber? Uber? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Calls calls a walk of shame Uber afterwards. I, I mean, it's this. happened to the best of us, Alex. <laughs> so anyway, other than that, I will say that this was this season was definitely we got to see glimpses of it. Definitely, um, even watching him like go over the fence in episode whatever mm-hmm. number it was because I didn't rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just those little things that so that you are always constantly aware. Not every episode because every episode would be. Mm-hmm. a little much if it was a focus on everyone but enough that the entire season you would watch it and recognize like okay he has a disability um and be able and have that part of his character yeah um i agree and again we all three of us are able-bodied um so um we don't really have you know that personal perspective on on the issue obviously but uh, I do agree with you, Amanda. That it was it was done in such a way that you kind of it just enough that you don't forget, like you kind of tended to do in season one, like the latter half of season one, because Tyler is a, is an able-bodied actor, and he doesn't really have that in you know in his own way of walking or whatever. Um, so. It was a subtle enough thing that you kind of you know that he's he's, he's disabled and it, they kind of put it in in specific moments that was good. Um, the other thing that it was really just mentioned, but we did have the confirmation of his PTSD. It was very you know it was very 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 brief moment and um, you know just enough to kind of confirm that he had. PTSD before he even went to war, which, duh, I mean. Uh, right. <laughs> I just, I'll always remember if anyone, because I, I don't really have feelings either way about Forrest. I don't actually care. Um, but the idea that you would take like a war vet to, who has an injury to play paintball will always be a little like, I feel like that's similar to like taking him to like a fireworks display and like not really that was always but I am glad and I hope that that comes out again to really talk about what that means like in general like it and it affects every part of your life and I think that it that would be a very intriguing thing to explore in season three I don't have high hopes but I it, it would be interesting mm-hmm. 
Okay, so um, one thing that I did want to focus on um, briefly because the show does not focus on it a lot, but it was um, Alex's um, native heritage or like him being half native. Uh, they did incorporate it a little bit more this season or like more than zero times in season one. Um, so we had the mention of um, his grandmother when um, they set up the, the lab in the old, you know, the rundown school. Um, and then obviously we have the trip to the res um, and Gregory leaving there. So um, that's really like the big big thing that tells you hey he's half native and like i did like the the little detail of i don't remember who it was specifically that said it but in that episode when they go to the reservation i noticed someone says that maine's boys are always welcome uh, on the reservation um so that was really sweet and yeah the one thing i i do want to meet his mom <laughs> in season three hopefully Oh, yeah. I mean, I, at this point, I think that no matter how much they can sort of try to pretend that Alex maybe isn't as much of a main character, I think by the fact that how many family members we met, how integral it all was to season two and season one, I think we can just sort of let that notion go. <laughs> like, let's go ahead and meet, you know, everyone. <laughs> Last remaining brother and mom. Let's really sort of complete the picture of... Because I think that I really am intrigued the most by... Alex's mom because you know why did she leave why did she leave her children behind was there you know there's more nuance to being in an abusive household so maybe she felt like she couldn't take them I mean, there's a million different reasons right like a, a woman leaving possibly couldn't take you know four boys with her you know there's a lot to it and so I want to know I really don't want to meet her if she's going to be awful though like I just, you know, I want someone good or someone, someone, another person that's on Alex's side, at least now, or to get a more nuanced picture of like what it was like with them growing up. So I don't, they just, they have to, I feel like that'll be the first casting news that we find from season three. I can almost guarantee it. I don't see how they can go into season three with Jesse being dead and all the stuff without her showing up at least for an episode like maybe maybe now that he's dead she finally feels comfortable coming back and we we get these scenes but it seems really out of place to not have her show up at all at some point in season three i will move on to the biggest part i guess of the season for alex and certainly our focus for this podcast in particular, um, which is um, his sexuality. So, I know you have thoughts. <laughs> um, I know that. Uh, thoughts about his sexuality? Never. Yeah. Um, I do feel like he was the biggest part of his storyline. Um, certainly the one that was focused on him specifically. But, there is a big but here. Um, which is it for me, it felt like very much a repeat of what his season one journey was, just more explicitly about his sexuality. I feel like in season one, you could say, you know, he had, they kind of made it general enough that it could be about everything to do with his dad. 
Um, and in season one, in season two, they were like, no, it was about his sexuality, um, which is, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not proud of him for his journey. I mean, of course I am. I am. I love that they, you know, focus on what was his internalized homophobia and, and all of that. And I, and I do like the dynamic that he had with his dad. But um, I feel like a lot of it was just repeating scenes from season one. Well, that's the biggest downfall with this show in general, but Alex specifically, right? That it is, they do that often with him, that it's almost like a two steps forward, one step back constantly because, I mean, with everything, right? Like you think he's getting some sort of closure with his dad and then it's a step back, which I, I get that that's sort of a natural, that's in a more nuanced show, yes, what a great thing to show that it isn't this sort of linear journey. Right. But with the way that Roswell is and the way that a CW show is that it just starts feeling repetitive. It doesn't feel like there's any changes happening. It just feels like it's the same scenes constantly. And I think that him exploring his sexuality, like what that means again. And I know that I said this in the (laughs) recap for 206, but it would have made a lot more sense if you had, if you'd given us hints from the very beginning, right? Like if it had been something that you were building up to and saying like, you feel like the need for Alex to explore what being gay means, like whatever, that's fine. But it has to be a big buildup for there, for that to work for him. Because as of right now, the exploring his sexuality thing existed in one episode and that was it. Because every other episode we talked about his sexuality, he may not be out in the one particular definition of out, but he is very certain that he is gay. So where in the world did this exploring his sexuality come from? And I think they're conflating exploring sexuality with what does it mean to be out? Those aren't the same thing. You can know that you're gay, be unsure of how to be out about it, but being unsure of being out about it doesn't mean that you don't know that you're, you're not gay. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it, that's the most frustrating part about him exploring his sexuality. Of course, sexuality isn't, is fluid and it isn't set in stone. But for Alex, we've had no hint that it was fluid. And, and, and exploring sexuality is so much more uh, difficult and so much more, I hate saying the word nuanced 500 times in this episode, <laughs> but that's true. I mean, it is about... It's it's takes subtlety and it takes really sensitive writing to have someone explore their sexuality, especially after you've already made it clear that they identify as gay. So now to have them explore that title and say, okay, maybe that isn't right for me. Great. Fabulous. People change how they identify later in life all the time. But again, that takes time and it takes foundations being laid and none of that happened. You just had one episode going, well, I mean maybe boobs and then uh, kind of realizing that like no that's not my totally fine but in the span of one episode no it's not that's not gonna work yeah that's the biggest point i mean i would have been fine with exploring big 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 air quotes um his sexuality if that hadn't been just above that one scene um because i think the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about the way that a lot of the cast, um, not a lot of the cast, um, Heather and Vlamis and Karina talked about it uh, after because Tyler did not talk about it. Um, 
But the way that they talked about it was like, oh, I know a lot of gay people um, that, w- that have been with, you know, people of the opposite sex and still, you know, label themselves as, as gay, which is totally fine. I mean, sure, a lot of them exist. I mean, again, sexuality is a spectrum. It, it can be fluid. It cannot be fluid, you know, depending on the person. But again, we have no build up to it i mean he doesn't he never goes oh maybe this is a question you know um he never does so literally never does like the one thing that you know about alex immediately or by the end of season one is that he identifies as gay and that he probably has problems with being out and identifying as gay in that way because of his dad at no point Mm -hmm. in season one did this sudden history between he and Maria exists. There was never, now I I know what they're going to say is, well, we couldn't really bring all of that up. We weren't, we didn't go that deeply into it. So season two was a chance to bring all of that up. Absolutely not. There is something that, that takes that much subtlety and nuance. God damn it. I'm not saying that word again. You have to, <laughs> you have to lay the, fr- the, the foundation early, early on. And this could have been a conversation Alex and Maria had early on. It could have been any of incorporated, at least the, the fringes of it earlier. Um, and I think that that was, and there, there, there was none. That entire conversation they were having in episode two, in episode two, sitting at the bar at the pony, no one else around. They're talking about museum guy, episode three, episode two. They're talking about Museum Guy. They're having this whole conversation about what home means and, and history. And if there would there could have been a chance, right, to really talk about it. Like another minute or two? I don't know. I mean, maybe we're asking too much for there to be longer scenes, but that would have been perfect. But instead, all it does is reinforce the idea that you they reinforce over and over again that Alex is attracted to men. He identifies as gay. Well, and... This goes back to a, a problem that we've all had with the show from the beginning where I, I truly, I know that they say they have a plan. Like there's a five-year plan for the show. Like they, they thought this out, whatever. That's, and that's great. I still feel like that they decide at some point that they want to do something. They want to do a threesome. They want to do this. They want to, and so they just throw it out there. There is, there is no plan for that. It, and it's painfully obvious when they do that. Because the thing is, is the, the real problem isn't really even like it's just a threesome right it's not the thing that he says like i had a girlfriend when i was 15 or whatever or you know even kissing maria when they were in high school or whatever sure you know by then you're like we know that he identifies as gay we know that he's identified as gay for a long time um we know that people in his you know inner circle of you know friends know um, so I, I, it's not really a stretch to say like, of imagination to say like, he had some, you know, experience with women, decided that he didn't like it, identified as gay. Never have I ever been in a real relationship in the first place. What about a uh, Kelly Summer or something? No, that was called friction. <laughs> Every time I was with a woman, I was just trying to disappear. I mean, except for once, uh, sophomore year, after Battle of the Bands. Seven minutes in heaven, if heaven was Haley Moore's hall closet. <laughs> I can't believe you remember. That you were my first kiss? What? And 
my first boob graze. I was your first? When we were kids. I always thought I'd marry you one day. When you came out, I had to make a whole new plan. Hey, no, I did too. Come on. You don't wish you were straight. I mean... I know what I'm supposed to say. I just... I wish that I felt it. No one taught me to love myself, actually. Just the opposite. You know, kissing you in that closet was the first time in my life that I... that I enjoyed touching someone. And I just thought that I could be happy and not be afraid that if I loved anything, my dad would destroy it. So, no. I mean, I don't wish I was straight. I just think that if I was, I wouldn't have all of the bad memories. A lot of people think I have a very similar journey to that, especially when they're teenagers. Um, but then you take that and you kind of ignore it in favor of a threesome that has no place being there. It has no um, consequences, no buildup. It was just yeah. there for shock value that there was no, it didn't give any substance to anything. It didn't, it didn't do what was intended. And I don't, I, you know, I, all the hate from fandom, I don't give a shit. Um, it didn't do what it was meant to do. Um, and again, it, there are two things that they're, they're asking of, they're conflating two things. The, the threesome had nothing to do with helping Alex learn to be out and whatever that means. And it didn't help with his internalized homophobia at all. And that was, I would presume, their idea of what the focus was for him in season one and two, but especially two. So adding the exploring his sexuality on top of it means that all of that is watered down. If you can't focus on one mm -hmm. thing, instead you focus on 50 things, then those 50 things are watered down. You can't give the attention that it needs. So what it should have happened, if I could go back in time and take Karina's fucking computer away from her before she wrote the threesome, is to say, hey, don't do that. Focus on what it means for Alex to continue to identify as being gay and what that means for now. 28, 29-year-old man, how does he learn to be out. I'll focus on that. Make that the focus of Alex in season two. Please stop using people's sexuality for shock value. Mm -hmm. Please stop making queer men put on display for a woman to enjoy. Like be, you know, that's, that was the big problem. Well, and I know that they spoke about how like the, the point of the threesome was, you know, comfort and connection in a traumatic moment we could have had that and I would have loved that scene if there had been no sex. If it had been the three of them just clinging to each other, even even with Alex kind of like low key questioning his sexuality or whatever, I would have been perfectly okay with that scene if we hadn't had sex. Because mm -hmm. it shouldn't, that moment should, shouldn't have been about sex. If they were really just looking for comfort and connection in that, in that moment, it didn't need, they didn't need to, well, I think what who it does as a, who it does a disservice are people who actually do who their sexuality when they're older starts to change and they do explore mm -hmm. what that means, right? So, if you're watching this as someone who has long identified as gay or a lesbian or whatever it may be, whatever label is comfortable for you, and you are starting to explore that in your mind, like maybe that label doesn't fit anymore, and then you watch mm -hmm. a show like this. 
And they do all of that big soul searching, that life changing thing. They do it in the span of one episode. It's done and dusted. So that is remarkably insulting. Like it, it isn't just something that just, you just wake up one day and you've identified as gay for 15 years and you're like, you know what, maybe I'm bisexual. And maybe it is that easy, but it, I'm going to guess that it takes a little bit more soul searching to come to that realization, especially when you're an adult. Like it, it just does. And so having that just be the footnote to just this one episode in this entire season was insulting. Yeah. Well, and as somebody who did not identify as bisexual until she was in her late twenties, I mean, it, something like that takes time and it, it sucks. It's hard. You know, when you think you have an idea of who you are for, you know, a majority of your life. So let's say that Alex has known he was gay since he was a teenager. So you've got 10 plus years of him identifying as gay and he starts to think, hmm, maybe, maybe not, maybe this isn't who I am. Like it's not something that can be resolved in two scenes. And that, I mean, it's offensive. It's offensive. I'm sorry. It is. Right. And I think, I think the better, the better storyline for Alex this season will always be, even though I again think it was resolved too quickly is to focus on him learning on what it means to be out. That is a better Mm -hmm. focus for Alex because it fits who he is as a character and his character development. Like that makes so much more sense because you can tell in season one how, you know, closed off he is and how most Malik scenes happened in isolation and in private. And, you know, it's, that's sort of what he's grappling with or what it should have been the focus more in the beginning of half of season two, but that was the the focus of the second half of season of, of season two. So, I mean, that should have been, I think the big focus for him and it was for a little bit longer, but not much. I do have three three thoughts that pop into my head. Um, one is obviously, obviously, when we talk about you know our personal thoughts and reactions to the scene. So obviously, there are people that do you know identify with that type of journey, or you know even poly people that have felt represented by that scene. Good for them. Um, second thought is it would have been better, not fine, but better if we had anything resembling a conversation about the threesome after it happened. Like if the, you know, the conversation between Alex and Forrest about, you know, sexuality um, at the Wild Pony had been like, oh, I recently had a threesome and I just confirmed for me that I am super gay. Um, Then that would have been like, oh, okay, then maybe there was a part of him that was like, I, I want to explore this thing and I, I am reevaluating, you know, my sexuality or whatever. And that wasn't, just wasn't there at all. Like, they just completely ignored it and everything is fine after it happened. About, you know, people, in, you know, in, already in their adult life, you know, not being teenagers, exploring their sexuality or, you know, finding out they're queer or whatever. Um, we had that storyline with Isabel this season. Like that storyline was there with Isabel this season. So I don't, 
not that you can have similar storylines for multiple characters, God forbid. But, but not like, in a show. No, it's no. In real life, right. of course. But not in a TV show that's 45 minutes long once a week. Right. I mean, having two characters go through something similar is not is just going to fail on both counts. No. So, I mean, right. oh, they, look, two, two beautiful storylines. What? Okay. Exploring my sexuality. What does it mean? Am I uh, bisexual? Am I... What, am I no label at all because I'm an alien and also has someone else going through this. Well, I know that I'm gay, but I don't really know how to be out with it. And then two very distinct storylines about queerness and then them having like a friendship where they're helping one another, like figure that out. Like, ta-da, you've gotten everything. You've, you've, you've female sexuality, you know, you would have everything. And, it, and and we got no, we got none of it. We got none. Of it. We got hints of Isabel, which I do think obviously season three is going to focus on. I have no doubt because they said her next relationship, pre Karina getting fired, um, her next relationship will be with a woman. And so I'm sure that that will be the focus in season three. But I think that we've missed out on this chance to have Alex and Isabel have a very deep friendship. Um, based on their sort of sexuality and what that means and then figuring things out. And I think that was probably in a list of missed opportunities in season two, in season two, that tops one tops the list for me, I think. Briefly, because we did um, all of these, we already talked about in the recaps, (laughs) but um, briefly, I do want to touch on the, um, I think, because I think that we talked about, is internalized homophobia a lot even in season one um so with that i think you know i think they did deal with it a lot more explicitly this season um with his dad and obviously with his dad being dead now um will probably be something that is you know um dealt with again in season three i guess um but i did want to touch on he's been out i think my feeling for that scene is you know it can be condensing everyone is out in their own way so i did i do think that the thought behind that scene was that you know forrest is out in a specific way and alex is out in another specific way because he is out to his friends to certain people i mean forrest has no problem you know alex has no problem with telling forrest that he's gay or you know going on a date with forrest so obviously he has to be out in some kind of way for that to work and i think that was the reasoning behind the scene that was like they're out in different ways and maybe alex is not no longer comfortable with the way he's out but i don't think they hit the mark well, and I think that they're, the fact that they had Alex say that line of, you know, I, you have no idea how much I don't want to be in this closet anymore or whatever the line is. Again, I think you just said it. I don't think that he's in the closet. <laughs> I don't, I think that there's so many different levels to what being out means and what being out of the closet means that I don't think that at any point we've seen Alex try to hide it. Like, is he maybe out in the same way that other queer people are out? No. Um, But he, the first step is he self-identifies. And then he has gone on multiple 
I don't know if you were dates, I guess, you know, even with Michael and, and the drive, the drive-in, not the drive-through, the drive-in in season one, and then paintball with Forrest in season two. I mean, he's clearly comfortable being in public. Okay, maybe that doesn't mean he's comfortable kissing someone, a man in public, and there are different levels to it. And he may, he may want to get to that point, like, where he's comfortable with physical affection and all of that, and that's that's fine. But that scene with Forrest... <clears throat> makes it seem like Forrest is doing the right way. Alex is doing the wrong way. We have to get Alex to go Forrest's way. And that's the way that he has to be gay. And that's not fair. Um, and also incorrect on every level because Alex has to be comfortable in Alex's way, just like Forrest is comfortable in Forrest's way. Um, are there ways that maybe Alex could be a little healthier or whatever that may, of course. But I think the reason that it has always that I talked about it in the recap and then I think talked about it later on after the finale is I don't like this idea that the only way Alex got better air quotes or became out or whatever it may be is by kissing Forrest in a bar or, or even beyond that, right. You know, singing the song about Michael in the bar. I, I love that obviously. And I think that it's great that he felt comfortable to do that with Forrest, even if I don't ship them, but I, is that the end of the problem now? Like he's, he's kissed a man in a bar. Now it's all, that's, that's where I would be angry is if then that's just it. Then it's all solved. And his sort of internalized homophobia and his issues are sort of solved because he did that. If they don't do that, well, then I could understand. Well, and that whole thing comes from such a place of privilege. And as a queer person in the South, I hate to say it, you can only be out to a certain amount in a lot of places in a lot of ways. And it's been shown time and time again on this show that Roswell is a small conservative town and it, it can be dangerous That's your life. to That's be, your life. to be super out. And yeah, you can, and, you know, go, go to some podunk bar in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And then if you're a man and kiss another man, you could die. And I don't mm -hmm. say that jokingly. I mean, you could literally get murdered. So maybe don't act like being gay in Roswell or in middle of nowhere uh, America is the same thing as being out in Los Angeles because mm -hmm. it's not the same thing. And mm -hmm. it is, and, and there are, and this is the saddest sentence I could probably ever say there are queer people in this country, because we're going to stay within this, you know, area, because this is the show we're talking about who will never be able to do that their entire lives. They'll never be able to go to a bar and do that. And that they'll never be that level of out. Does that mean that they're in? No, it just may mean that their version of out is one that keeps them safe. That, and, and you, sh especially someone who has a traumatic abusive history attached to their sexuality, making them have to confront that so publicly when they clearly suffer from PTSD and they have issues is insulting. The first time I walked down the street with my girlfriend holding her hand, like I was terrified. And I'm in a huge city with a, with a very large uh, LGBT population. Oh yeah. I and mean, I was still terrified yeah. just to hold her hand. I can't imagine, you know, being in a small town like Alex and thinking the only way to, to beat your, the trauma and the homophobia that you've endured is to make out with some dude, random dude in a bar. Like that's ridiculous. And it comes from such a place of privilege that I can barely fathom it. 
I yeah. am happy for Alex if he if that helps him if if I don't know if season three is him a slow journey of like becoming comfortable and figuring out what that means and figure out exactly where he exists on this sort of spectrum then you know maybe I can try to understand it but again if it's just that's the end of it and like now he's like out and proud and everything's fine that's where my issue will be because it's not how it works um it only works like that for a small portion of people one thing is it was dealt with too quickly again with a lot of things that when it comes to Alex and also a lot of other characters, a lot of other storylines and plot points in season two. Um, obviously they have, you know, they have 30 minutes episodes and 13 episodes a season. They can do it all. But um, if you are going to take on big storylines and big themes like this, they're heavy themes to deal with. Um, and they're your favorite word, Amanda, they are nuanced. I mean, you can't just really have two scenes and that's it. You have to show that Alex is actually thinking about it more than, you know, the moment that is there before us and the moment that he sings, you know? Um, and I know that he sang at the pony because he feels comfortable in, at the pony, but maybe him singing at Planet 7 would have made more sense. I don't know. There are ways that I could have dealt with it better. Not all people can or want to do it the same way. So there are levels to that conversation that um, go a lot deeper than what you can do in a show like Roswell. And I think that should they should have at least planned for more time for that specific storyline. You can tell that Karina and the other writers um, are my age. And you can tell that they grew up in the time of things like Dawson's Creek, right? And you can tell that they, the L word and Queer as Folk and all of those things, um, which were fantastic shows in their time when it came to talking about sexuality, obviously. But those shows didn't always, they're very much a product of their time. They didn't allow for... Um, you know, fluid sexuality or um, really exploring what it meant. It was sort of more of like, this is um, representation and it's going to be like in your face and this is what we're going to do, which is exactly what it was needed at the time, right? Where the failing sometimes in this show with sexuality is like in some ways it gets it so right. Like Michael identifying as bi, Isabel sort of exploring what it means, Alex, all these things. But then it also reverts back to this really um, like surface exploration of sexuality. So like you have to have more sensitivity when you talk about it because now, as opposed to 20 years ago, we understand it on a much different level. We understand that it, it is still about having just plain representation, but it's also about now that we have a slightly better representation than we did 20 years ago. Now we can start talking about it in a different way and we can start exploring what sexuality means in a different way. And I think that Roswell is stuck somewhere in that middle of really not knowing how to do it because you're not going to be able, unless you really focus in, you're not going to be able to do some of the things that they want to do in 40 minutes and 13 episodes a season. And so I think that they went into this with a different mindset. And I think, I hope maybe they're realizing that that's not quite how sexuality representation on TV is really working anymore. This isn't, you know, gone are the days of queer as folk and the, the L word. 
We're not going to get those back, and we shouldn't. They were great then, not so much now. The last big um, theme, I guess, we have to talk about is relationships. So, I'm going to be negative again. Because I did not like how they handled how they handled relationships in general for every single character this season. Um, I feel like every character or couple of characters was stuck with each other this season. They had they each had kind of like their one, two, maybe three other characters that they could interact with, and that was it. Um, and for season two, I really, really felt uh, how much they dropped specific relationships. And I, it's like I wrote it in the notes, is Kylix was dropped. They just dropped Kylix. They just did. And I'm not, I, I don't ship yeah. them romantically, but I feel like that was an important dynamic in, dynamic in season one. Um, and one that I feel like it helped alex um and it helped kyle you know um with their character growth um and it was just dropped in season two um and others like alex and liz which we didn't really get much of in season one anyway alex and maria even yeah and another thing is certain dynamics that could have been really fun to watch um, or be explored, they weren't explored. Like, the big one for me is Alex and Isabel because I think that they would be bombed together. It would be amazing. Um, gotten two, yeah. two seasons and how many interactions have they had? One? Yeah, like one, yeah. I mean, if Only I was one. Isabel... If I was Isabel and I was questioning my sexuality, I, my instinct would be to maybe seek out the one like queer person that I know, other than, other than my brother. Right. Because <laughs> well, I mean, talk, obviously, does, you don't talk about sex stuff with your brother. But, well, I mean, Isabel which she did, but anyway, well, Isabel <laughs> does. But <laughs> but I mean, there is something to be said for going, you know, to talk to other people, you know, other than just Michael. I mean, other than just your family, like reaching out their their personalities are made for, to be friends like alex and isabel are i i cannot believe that that's a friendship that we now are two years into the show and that we have one scene like i it is unfathomable to me like i think it's more interesting than even like it could be more interesting than like kylex or you know anything but it's just i think that this season was well you guys wanted Malik's, so we're going to put Alex in every scene with Michael. And it was like, well, there is a balance hmm. to maybe don't have 50 scenes of the same thing, but give Alex a well-rounded, you know, relationship with multiple people. Like, when we said we wanted Malik's, we didn't want the same conversation in six episodes in a row. So sorry you got confused but there is a way to have him with Michael and then also show him like, like having friends. And that is, and as you said, and that's a problem show wide. That's not just Alex. That's, you know, kind of an issue for every single character, but poor, I mean, I would say most significantly this season, I, it's noticeable with Alex and Kyle and then Alex and Kyle took, you know, as a friendship. Yeah. 
Um, another, just another couple of ones of dynamics that I didn't want to mention that we didn't see that would have been interesting to see is um, Alex and Rosa, because we know that, you know, they were friends, or at least he, she was in his group of friends in high school. Um, so we didn't see much of it, not even like really a reaction from him, you know, having Rosa back or whatever. Um, they didn't interact or whatever. Um, Did they and never interact? Alex and Jenna, which was, they didn't interact, no. Wow. They had like one phone conversation. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other one, um, which was fun, I mean, it was just, like, one episode in season one, but it was fun to see, it was Alex and Jenna. I just want Jenna to interact with everyone, that's just a personal preference. Um, on to the ones that we did get. Mm -hmm. Um, apart from Michael, we're gonna have a Malik's episode, guys, you know that, so we're just gonna, kind of wave Michael to the side and say, like, we'll talk about it later. Um, the big, big, big one was Alex and his dad. Um, again, we've mentioned it before. Nothing changed. Yeah, it was rehashing last season. I mean, it was the same thing so now over we and stuck, over we over. stuck with Alex with Jesse again. And yeah, had him say some things that he needed to say. But he never got to hear the things he needed to hear. It never changed anything. And then he's dead. I know exactly who you are. You're going to let all of these people die, and you are going to let the aliens take the blame. It's high time they got blamed for something, I think. I'm going to drag them from the shadows. Yeah, and then what? You're going to use the atomizer to kill them all? Then you become some hero by destroying the enemy that you created? American children are going to read about the events of tonight in their history books. Dad, listen. Don't worry about collateral damage, son. That's just an unfortunate aspect of war. You know that better than anyone else. You're going to become your own collateral damage if that thing goes off. Helena Orteco switched the devices. That's not going to kill aliens. That is set to destroy your DNA. If it goes off, you are going to die in a puddle of your own blood. What are you doing? You're, you're bluffing to protect the aliens. What I'm doing is I'm trying to protect our family. Dad, if that goes off, it kills all of your direct descendants. Flint and Greg are, are somewhere in here. And I don't care how much I disgust you. I am still your son. So it's like... Okay, so now you're just putting Alex with Jesse for the angst? <laughs> like, to make Alex more sad? Because there was no... Uh, he got nothing out of it. Like, I don't necessarily want... I'm glad that they didn't make Jesse and, you know, redeem him at all. But, I mean, they also had this, again, the same scene over and over again. Jesse, of course, never accepted Alex. They never had that conversation. Alex was begging him up until the very end to see him as his son... Maybe that was the point, right? That Jesse is that bad, that he can never be redeemed and never change. But that just seems like angst for angst's sake. I mean, it's kind of revisiting this trope that we've had a problem with Alex from the beginning, that he gets stuck being like the sad gay constantly. And I didn't want Jesse redeemed. I'm glad he didn't get redeemed. I wish that there could have been some kind of evolution in his relationship with Alex for Alex's sake. Even if it was just Alex finally realizing that his dad is just irredeemable and is never going to accept him and making his peace with that, not being sad about it, just being like, okay, he's never going to accept me. He's never going to love me. I'm, I'm walking away for my own sake, but no, he was fighting for his dad's love and approval up until the end. And I, 
I, I don't want him to mourn Jesse, and that's what I'm, I'm worried about. Um, again, I said this, I've said this before. I think they have an interesting dynamic. I just feel like they were stuck in a cycle this season with just the same thing over and over and over, and it just didn't change, which is much like my problem with Malik's, I guess, this season. Um, but other things um again alex and his family in general was a big theme this season alex and his brothers um was a big one this season i did enjoy the juxtaposition i guess of his, his relationships with his two brothers so we have flint on the one hand and greg on the other flint we d i mean we didn't see much of either of them um but flint i feel like we saw less of at least when it comes to his relationship with Alex. Um, I know that it's probably going to, you know, come back in season three because, you know, from the finale, um, Alex was like, you know, he's, he's sure that his brother is, has redemption in him or, or whatever. And I would like to see Flynn redeemed. Mostly because I just want Alex to have, you know, a support system or whatever um, in family. And and I do think I think it would be interesting to see his backstory. I don't know if it's much of a backstory, but like his point of view of the family dynamic, because we had you know confirmation that he he also suffered um, just his abuse. And I don't think we ever got a confirmation of what it was that Jesse had over him, um, which we got at in Talvin season one. Uh, and then we Greg. I want to keep Greg forever. Can we keep Greg? I I have a feeling he will be in at least a couple of episodes in the new season. I think that oh, I think it's another one of those that he was more popular than they sort of realize, and I think that they realize hopefully that he does he does good things for Alex's character in general. Like it's good to have that that maybe not every relationship Alex has has to be one mired in pain and angst. That he has like a good one, and they have laid some good found like um, foundations for them to build like a new friendship and, and you know like brother brotherhood or whatever so I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be back I also feel like I should congratulate you on getting out of the Navy of the family getting out from under dad you gotta break free of him man do you feel free I uh don't think I get to be free until you are Alex you're my brother I wish that I would have stood up for you more. You know, I think he's actually getting a little bit better. It's like the stroke melted away the psycho from his brain or something. If you can forgive him, you should. Cast off the stone. Let me hate him for you. I owe you that much. You know, they say the drive from here to Roswell isn't that bad. Good to know. No, I mean, for me, he, like, their relationship was among the relationships Alex has this season. It was the highlight of the season, um, honestly. Um, I feel like he can, he could be a good, um, you know, a good in in season three with, if we get, if we do get to meet um, their mom with him living on the reservation, I think think it could be a good end to have him kind of like you know maybe 
put Alex back. I mean, we do kind of. I think we do know that Alex has been in contact with his mom, but um, from season one, I do not remember. But um, you know, it could be a good way to to meet her. Um, but anyway, yeah, highlight of the season. I want to keep Greg. Uh, he is the new MVP for all things Alex. Um, so the last couple of relationships that we have to talk about um well alex and forrest uh, i mean we do have um we do have a ship's episode planned so we will i guess right because i mean we 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 definitely have to spend we have to spend time on alex and forrest because Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the focus of our podcast right let's talk about queer characters and queer relationships so i definitely maybe not a whole four likes episode (laughs) but definitely we'll talk about them in more detail I mean, just in like one sentence, I don't ship them. I don't hate them. They're they're okay. They're fine. It's sort of like um, it's sort of like you know, bad pizza, right? Like it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's still it's pizza, great, but it's still pizza. I mean, it's still like it's still representation, and I get that it's important to people, and I am glad that Alex is happy. You know, whatever. But I don't. I don't want the cold pizza. I want the fresh. From the oven, Malik's Pizza. The analogy is falling apart, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Can we call the episode, it's bad pizza, but it's still pizza? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, I feel like we said this over and over and over during a recap. So it was like, sure, it's cute. I mean, nothing really happened. So yeah, like it's not it's whatever. Nothing. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not. It's not great either. And yeah. I mean, we all own up to being biased shippers. We're all Malik shippers. We are never gonna super be into Alex being with somebody who's not Michael. It's the same way with Michael and Maria. We're never gonna be super into Michael and Maria because it's not Malik's. But it's okay. Well, and I think part of it, and we could talk about it, obviously, when we talk about Forlex more, I think a part of it is that I spent most of the season assuming, or most after we met Forrest, that he was going to end up being evil. It sort of started out that way. The ring thing still irritates the shit out of me. So, but clearly, since they changed it, you know, like, I just have to get out of that mind frame, too, because my my like CW understanding brain is like, Oh, well he's going to be like evil any minute. And I understand that that's not the direction that we're going in. So I think I just have to recognize that he's there. He's Walmart Alex. He's there to help Alex get, you know, be a little bit happier. Totally. I, I just have to, to get into a different mindset with um, Forrest. And I think it's been confirmed that he's not that important to season three. Like, but can I say, though, that because I was also fully prepared for Forrest to be evil, I am super happy and I will deal with more Forlex if it means that we don't get Forrest being evil. Oh, he's not. They already changed their mind. He's not going to. No, he's not going to be evil. No, I know. I know that they I know they changed their mind. I'm just saying, like, I I'm glad they changed their mind about that. And I will take more Forlex in exchange for Forrest not being evil and Alex having to deal with that. I just... I think he is going to serve his function very well. Um, I thought it was pretty brutal. Then we'll see if that continues where Karina's like, ah, he's not as important to season three as you think he is. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, I guess, and I guess knowing that going into it, cause she said that long before the finale 
that even going into it, I was like, okay, well then he just sang a song about his ex-boyfriend, a love song, basically. Um, and I know he's not going to last long and I know he's not very important to season three. So that's why the, the ending of season two was less devastating as like a Malik shipper. Cause I was like, you could not have framed this any more temporary if you'd tried. Cause I think the ending but, of season one was so tragic. Cause we didn't know, we didn't know anything. We didn't even know we were getting a season two. We didn't know anything. And so I think it hit harder. But this one, it was like, okay, well, that was cute. But now with everything that's happened, um in the hiatus who knows i mean i think that we can only take what's been said up to this point with a grain of salt because the Um, i think i think chris is i think uh, from every i mean uh, true but i I do think that the whatever the plan was for season three um will continue as planned i don't think chris would change it that that drastically um i think it's 2020 i trust no one Right. But I also, I think, you know, after season three, I probably a little bit more like, uh, you know, all, you know, all plans are off the table. You never know. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling that season three is going to be a little bit more kind of still in line with what Karina wanted. Which by the way, um, considering my re- um, me personally, my disappointed hopes and my reactions to season two, I wouldn't be too opposed to people changing Karina's ideas for season three. As long as we get, you know, the queer characters and queer storylines and relationships protected, I... Um, so, last one, um, because we always keep the best for last, obviously, is Alex and Maria. My only... My, my note in the outline is 206 ruined it. That's it. And that's for me, personally. God, I just, it could have gone in such a great direction. We had, you know, it, A, the problem is always that you're telling me and not showing me about found family. That's always going to be problem number one. Um, And then B, if the relationship had been what it was the first half of episode six, it would have been fantastic. Great talk. Great, great friend chemistry. Like great. It could, you know, I loved I love scenes with the two of them, especially in season one. Don't love the triangle. Never going to love a triangle. I think that that pitted them against one another. But I think that their their scenes so far had been really good. I liked them. Um, and then 206 just made it seem super uncomfortable for lots of different reasons. We don't have to go back into any, you know, again. But um, now it made things like their interaction in 206 whatever number when they went to the reservation um, seem massively more uncomfortable unless um, the chemistry wasn't there. And a lot of this is subjective and I'm absolutely willing to admit that you're, this is the whole, our whole podcast is subjective. Um, So now it's always going to be a little bit tainted because of my interpretation of, of the threesome. Well, and the fact that they never, there's never a scene where they discuss it. There needed to be, didn't have to be like super epic, important scene, but there needed to be some kind of acknowledgement between the two of them, between 206 and that scene at the reservation where they at least acknowledged what happened and it never took place. And I'm sure that in Karina and the writer's minds, like it took place off screen. Great. But we need to see that. 
I don't, I, again, I you know I can't say this enough. I just don't care about off screen. It doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who gives? It's just like the whole the whole um, mantra when you watch a soap opera is that weekends don't exist in a in a soap opera. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, they always have things happen over the weekend. Um, I don't give a shit what conversations they have off screen because it doesn't because that's just the laziest way to write ever. Like imagine watching like, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, The Sopranos where like everything happens off screen. Like how boring of a show would that be? Like it doesn't matter. Like it just, what happens is it's a visual media. Like what's happening right in front of my face. So Alex and Maria and Michael, but it's specifically Alex and Maria should have had a very probably uncomfortable but necessary conversation specifically because of both of their reactions after the threesome. They both looked sad. And no one, I don't think that this is even subjective. I don't think anybody could argue that Maria didn't look sad. She did. She was nearly crying afterwards um, when Michael and Alex were outside talking. And then Alex looked like, you know, of course he was, you know, did that sort of deep breath thing he does when he was walking away. He didn't look happy. There was no one happy afterwards. So this should have, this should have um, warranted like a conversation. Yeah. So the one thing that I have left to say um, about, um, the Alex and Maria relationship. I feel like it was part of it. Certainly for me, stemmed from the fact that I was so against everything related to the love triangle that even going into the season, I had kind of like a lot of reservations about the relationship going in. Um, and then season two only disappointed me. <laughs> so even like with two or five, I was very disappointed with how that, you know, the air quotes resolution of the love triangle, I guess, um, went. And so, like, even if the threesome hadn't happened, I would have probably spent the rest of the season rolling my eyes at their interactions. Because it just felt fake, honestly. Um but definitely, so that was like with the beginning of two six. Their their scenes are cute, um, but I was kind of rolling my eyes even before the threesome happened. I was kind of like, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess you guys are just besties again. Um, but then the, the threesome happened, and just you know, just such a visceral reaction that then they didn't interact much for the rest of the season. Um, I think they had like a couple of scenes together. That scene at the reservation when when, when they're like um, Maria just kind of touches Alex or like in passing she just like pats his chest or whatever, and I'm just like, nope, thank you, don't want to see that. Um, and I feel like a lot of it. Um, so that's one thing. My my just my reaction to the tri- love triangle stuff, and the other thing I think is just the pace of the season um, and how long it took to get to certain conversations, certain scenes. Um, Like even we just talked about it with them not having a conversation about the threesome, which at least Michael and Alex briefly had. Very, very briefly, didn't solve anything, but like at least they, I mean, it was the morning after it. It's not like it resolved anything. But like at least they acknowledge it, and, and 
Michael and Maria obviously did not, and Alex and Maria obviously did not. Um, and then it takes like four episodes to get a scene with Alex and Maria again, and it's just brushed aside. And you know, a lot of time is is passing between those episodes, and or you know, those even in canon, a lot of time has passed between those moments. So a lot of it comes to pace. Um, and just take it takes it took a long time to get to the conversation that should have happened like back to back episodes or like in the same episode. Um, so that was very disappointing. I was I mean personally I know that people I know there are people that love Alex and Maria. Um, and I wish I wish I really wish I could. I mean because I did love them in season one. I couldn't wait to get more of them. So I don't know. I hope in season three we could kind of get past that and just be like, be like well and that's my hope is that we can get back to this like very necessary friendship that could be good for the both of them had they not brought the threesome or the threesome and the love triangle into it right like it could have been its own really wonderful entity but now you have all these these really sort of uncomfortable and awkward layers to it that the longer that they just sort of like are you really going to tell me that Maria and Michael break up and this really weird breakup that is somehow amicable. I don't Anyway. And then let's say sometime the end of next season, Michael and Alex actually get together. Are you telling me that just like human, the way humans are, that's totally going to be fine with Maria or, and you're telling me that Alex was totally fine with Michael and Maria, even though Michael is someone that he's in love with. Like, I'm not saying that they have to be assholes to one another. We've seen far too much of that of friendships, but human nature would dictate that that's going to be a little uncomfortable. I mean, if one of my closest best friends dated someone that I was in love with and, you know, sort of bad timing and I never got with, um, you think that that would not get in the way of their friendship and be totally fine. Come on. It's that's not how humans are. That's not human in human nature. So I think it's been, I think it's been unrealistic. The moment, the moment Michael and Maria slept together in season one, everything after that has been a little bit more unrealistic for me in terms of how actual friendships would work. And so I, I, you know, I I don't know if there's any way to come back from that. I don't know. Yeah. Certainly the moment that went, um, were even, that was it. That was like, mm-mm. nope, we're not doing this. Because also, that's not how me. friendships work. You're not, you don't keep score. Like, you don't, yeah. it's not some, like, you know, I actually thought of that that scene in that, in the Alex's song at the end of the season, where he's talking about, can we both stop keeping score? That was the moment that I thought of. Because it was like, y- you're right. <laughs> in a relationship, you shouldn't be keeping score, whether that be friendship, whether that be romantic. And it shouldn't, it certainly shouldn't come down to, well, we're even. Even is, hey, you forgot my birthday, but you paid for dinner last night. Like, okay, maybe we're even, right? Like, it's not, you slept with the man I was in love with. I don't know. And then you kept the fact that they're aliens, whatever it may be. Absolutely not. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah. So we're clearly over how the triangle was handled this season. <laughs> I have right. no emotions or feelings about that whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. So I, I am here for Alex. I love the, li- the small 
things that we got from him this season. Like there were absolutely things that I loved about him this season mm-hmm. um, and, and good scenes. And, you know, there was at the end of it, I mean, again, I haven't rewatched the whole season. So maybe by rewatching it all together, you know, now in hindsight, I guess um, I will be okay with his journey. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it all comes down to writing. So hopefully he gets a little bit more to play with next season. Um, and we'll see more of him. All right. So that was our first hiatus episode. Um, and our thoughts on Alex Mains. Um, you guys by now already know you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Last. And also on uh, at notthatcomplicated.net. Um, you guys can always reach out, ask questions, um, send feedback. We love to hear from you guys. And we'll have the next theme up soon, I guess, whenever we decide we want to do our next episode. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. <laughs>